episode 191 the Q&A podcast. My name is is Anthony and sitting right across from me via Zoom as always is my pal Quincy. Hey everybody we back. By the time you're listening to this I'll be on a road trip to visit my uh, brother Daniel so um ah very cool. Yes we're recording this on Monday I'm gonna release this on Wednesday that way we will have a couple of days well a day in between our podcast episodes and some know, content yeah <laughs> some content because i won't be back in houston till sunday night monday morning oh man yeah so i will be sleeping peacefully i will be sleeping on monday you looking forward to it uh, yeah to i have, yeah i have not seen my brother in hmm, couple of years now mm-hmm. definitely before the pandemic started so yeah it's been oh, yeah yeah it's been a while and i'll finally get up there and be able to beat his uh fiance and just hang with you know everyone up there his friends and crew up there very cool mm-hmm. plus you can see another you know a different part of the country you probably haven't seen before yeah i'm not looking forward to this 12-hour drive. It's going to be <laughs> yeah. me and my mother alternating because we're the only people that are going to be driving. So I'm not looking too forward to that. Sure. There's always of, there's always some hiccup to it, you know, yeah. or there's always a catch to any kind yeah. of travel. You remember when you were a teenager and you were like, yeah, I can't wait to drive, get out there and do what I want in my own car. And now I'm here, I'm 36 year old and I'm like, God, if I made enough money to pay someone to drive me across Houston, I wouldn't a heartbeat. <laughs> like, I'm not even talking about Lyft or, or whatever. I'm talking about that. Uh, like my own like, full-time full-time chauffeur. chauffeur. <laughs> now here's a question. What car are you being driven around in? Ooh, that's a great question. I have no idea because all the luxury cars I can think of take premium gas, and that's like five bucks a gallon right now. So. <laughs> it's already eating into your eating into uh, your your driver's salary. Yeah, they can have me out here in a in a Nissan Center or whatever. I'll take that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, let's talk about that, man. I filled up at, uh, not filled up because, you know, gas price, but my tank was damn near on E. I went over to the gas station, put $25 in it, and got like a little bit above half a tank. Yeah, I thought, man, I can, I'll just start, you know, keeping it at half a tank. And then uh, it's like every time I get to half a tank, I don't have to go anywhere. So it's like, well, what am I doing? Like, I'm not just going to go out, just go get gas and not go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's like you wait a little bit longer and then boom, you need to fill the whole thing up. And it's like, what is going on, man? I, and can't, then, I can't time it. And then by that time, it's been like an extra week. So gas prices has gone up 20 cents. Right. 10 cents in one day. Oh, man. That was I, disgusting. I, I passed by an Exxon at 8 mm-hmm. in the morning. And then I passed by the same Exxon eight hours later and it mm-hmm. was up 10 cents from eight <laughs> hours before the shell station by my street in the last week from monday to friday last week it went up from like 418 to 460 Jeez. and that's just regular gas right i never thought i'd live long enough to get before gas to hit five dollars in texas <laughs> right. i thought i'd be you know in the dirt turning into fossil fuel myself <laughs> all right that's enough of old man corner <laughs> let's talk about uh the nba finals 
Warriors came through in game two, uh, defeating the Boston Celtics 107 to 88, evening up the series at one game apiece. And um, I want to take this opportunity right now to do something I never thought I would do. This, this hurts me as a Houston Rockets homer, but I have to thank the Golden State Warriors because last night I was so worried about having to stay up to watch that entire game and not <laughs> only watch that game, but also watch Hell in the Cell. And we're going to get to that. I turned on to the game. I was watching Hell in the Cell on the main TV and I had the NBA game on my laptop and I will look over and the first quarter, second quarter, it all the way close. Man, I turned back to that game in the fourth quarter, and the Warriors were up by 27 points. And I was like, oh, okay, I ain't got to worry about this. No more. So thank you, <laughs> Steph Curry. Thank you, Draymond Green. Thank you, Clay Thompson. You, you made my television watching decisions a little bit easier last night. You're able to get all that good content in in one night. Yeah. And still get a decent night's sleep. Yes, because, oh boy, the Warriors, they did what they always do. It's, it's damn their trademark now. They just took over in the third quarter and completely destroyed the Celtics. Yeah, this is, I mean. I don't want to say, going into the third quarter, coming out of halftime, the score was 52 to 50 in Gold State's favor. After mm. the third quarter, it was 87 to 64. <laughs> Boston only scored 14, uh, 14 points in that third quarter. <laughs> That's almost one point a minute. <laughs> you know, I've always been amazed kind of by Golden State that, like, this is a team that relies heavily on the two sharpshooters, sharpshooters, and this average average sized power forward who is just a vicious defender you know he's just a like you think about teams you think about the rockets in the 90s you know with hakeem and and, and clyde and and the rest of that those you know that crew mm-hmm. and you think of you know magic and kareem you know uh Shaquille O'Neal, you know, you think Shaquille of like these Kobe. teams with you're right, Shaq and Kobe. These teams with like, you know, the the classic big man in the middle mm-hmm. to dominate and and really set the tone for your team. Golden State really has never had that. I mean, at one point, Draymond was Draymond Green was playing center, and he's only like six eight. You know, that's not it's severely undersized for a center. And, you know, his, his thing is playing defense and it's just, you know, playing physical with everybody AKA, around him. A.K.A. annoying the fuck out of whoever he's defending. Oh, boy. And does he? And boy, does he. Defending and everybody that's watching. I mean, man, it's, it's frustrating watching that guy sometimes. You said uh, Draymond Green was 6'8". You're, you're, you're a little generous. He's 6'6". Six, six. Oh, my God. It's, that's, even, that's even crazier. Yeah, and then you've got then you've got Seth, uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Like these guys shoot the ball better than we've anybody we've probably ever seen. Yeah. Well, that's Golden State's entire MO. We got two guys who shoot the ball better than any players in NBA history. We right. got Draymond Green who can do all the dirty stuff that needs to be done, playing excellent defense, assists, rebounds, all that stuff. And then a bunch of role player guys who know where they fit in. Right. It's like we don't need a dominant big man in the center, in the middle. Yeah. You know, they for a couple of years, they did have a dominant big man, but he wasn't a center. He was um, Kevin Durant. Right. And, you know, that man won the best teams of all time. I'm still like the only thing that kept them from winning that second ring against Toronto was basically the entire team breaking down between Clay Thompson's. Oh, I think that was his Achilles. Uh-huh. That is Achilles or his knee? No, that was his knee. No, it was it was Achilles. It was Achilles. Okay. Oh was, no, you're right. No, you're right. It was the knee. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was his knee and um, Durant's Achilles. That's right. I always remember that 
um, video right right before the game where Durant's in the uh, in the tunnel with the team doing his little dance. Meanwhile, his Achilles is being held held together with gorilla glue and God's prayers. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, that's been their team mo ever since they broke through uh, with Steve Kerr. Uh, damn, it's almost been a decade now. And even though Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are not the guys they were, uh, Steph hasn't been playing up to his MVP level this year. And Clay Thompson, um, he's been more hit and miss. I think the thing that people fail to realize is him coming back from leg injuries have kind of sapped his ability to play the high level defense that he's played before. Right. And also shooting all those threes, you got to have your legs under you and he's coming back from two horrific leg injuries back to back years. Uh, He's played well. Seth Curry has played good, but it's like that. Um, Toby Key song, you don't have to be good as you used to be, you just gotta be close enough to it. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> the last person I, it's, you, I was expecting, they don't you. have to be as good as they once were, but they're just they gotta be good once. That's basically what they're doing. Let's Every, be real, mm-hmm. let's be real, man. The last person on earth I expected you to quote was Toby Keith. <laughs> Sometimes you surprise me. Yeah, I throw a curveball here once in a while. But yeah, they're they're still the they're the old guard, of course, in this game. Um and they still got the tricks of the trade. They were able to just carve up Boston's defense from the third quarter on. And basically it's it was just a bunch of okay, we're gonna put the ball in Steph Curry's hands and let him make the best decision. Um and basically just run through the Boston Celtics. Like mm-hmm. um What's the name? Daniel Theus. Like he was a rocket for a good hot second. He should Boy. not. He should not see any more playing time in this finals. And it hurts to say because I know he's, um, he's you know he's an NBA player. You dreamed of making the finals and being a contributor to your team. But when he is on the floor, he is food. <laughs> For Seth Curry, for Gary Payton II, for Poole, anybody, as soon as he's on the floor, he's the mark. Mm-hmm. And going on to the Celtics, Tatum Tatum played a hell of a lot better in game two than he did in game three. But their defense was just... In game one. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. He played better in game two than he did in game one. But just the, the Boston Celtics defense, I think what happened to them is the same thing that happens to a bunch of teams. You see that avalanche of scoring coming from the, uh, from the Warriors, and mm-hmm. then you're pressed to keep up. And the Celtics, like, they have a bunch of guys who live that mama mentality. They take these difficult shots, and they're able to hit them like Kobe Bryant. But that only works when you're hitting the shots. Right. Sometimes you just need to take the easy stuff and live to fight another day. And especially when you have, like I said, you're fighting the tidal wave that is the Golden State Warriors third quarter. <laughs> it just, it, it literally, it just knocked on their feet. They had no, no shot of coming back after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my non-expert analysis of game two. Game three, we're going uh, to Boston. Uh, shoot, when is game three? Wednesday. When? Okay. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this briefly the last time, you know, our last episode, but what is the deal with spacing out the series this, this long? I mean, like, do you really, are you that desperate to not let the season end that you just want to, space it out over like the final you know the finals over like almost two weeks i think it's more about we want to make sure everyone is as healthy as they can be going into each game sure so you know of course there's not going to be any back-to-backs and we're not going to do just one day in between give everybody two days that would be my guess it's just about Oh, excuse me. It's just about making sure all players get as much rest as possible so the games can be as good as they can be. Right. Okay. 
you know, we got to talk about this entire playoffs. There haven't been a lot of like really great games. There've been a lot of just crazy ass blowouts. Yeah. And both of these teams have been the receiving end. I mean, the Golden State two series ago were down like 50 points to the Memphis Grizzlies without jaw. Oh my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. This is, I think this series, uh, for me, no, I'm sorry, not this series, but these playoffs for me, they're going to be like the what could have been playoffs. All the teams that we could have got that made it to the finals, uh, Phoenix, Memphis, and Milwaukee, Miami, Chicago, all those teams that could have made it, and we got like the most chalk teams that we could. Mm-hmm. To borrow a phrase from NCAA, I don't know. I, I feel like if you if you play off if you replay these finals a thousand times, th- you get this like maybe twenty times. It, it's so many things have to break right for both of these teams to yeah. make the make the finals. I mean, arguably the two two of the best, probably the two best teams during the regular season. I mean, that's kind of what you hope for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that these are like THC teams that shouldn't have made the finals. I'm just saying mm-hmm. both of them really got – they've got some injury luck on the way. Right, right. <sighs> Anything uh, about the finals speaks to you? You know, we talked about the uh... – I feel like we're both pulling for Golden State in this one, but you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too upset if Boston won because, sure, their fans are despicable, their history is despicable, but they've got they've got some really good young talent on that team. It'd be kind of cool to see a guy like Tatum, even though he's sending these weird text messages to the dead people and. Uh, uh, you know the the other guys that are you know surrounding you know was it Jalen Brown I think is I'll say this once I'll say it again if they were if they were wearing any other team's jersey I would be rooting for them over the Warriors <laughs> I just as a black man I cannot support the city of Boston I got you the people the sports teams the beers whatever If aliens yeah. came down and said that we had to defend the city of Boston or else they'll, they'll take it and turn into like Candor City, they'll follow it and take it away. I'd be like, well, that's one less racist place to worry about. <laughs> Y'all can have it. Uh, anything like else? Anything, like, like anything you just hope for, even though I, I'm not, I don't watch it like intent, I don't follow it intently because. They're not my team. Like I don't root for either of those teams at any, you know, given point of the year. Mm-hmm. You still always want to see a, you know, a competitive season, a competitive series. Yeah, because once it's over, we got a long way for the NBA to come back. Yeah. Quickly, mm-hmm. who do you think the Rockets take in the, the draft? Um, or what, what? What should their priority be? Whoever the Magic and Thunder don't take, that's who they take. What's most needed, would you say? Um, Oh, sorry. Let me go look up because I do not. You know, maybe they got it here. I'll go to the Ringer. Ringer, NBA. Ringer, NBA draft. All right, draft guy. Oh God, that's I'm about to say that's last year's draft, but no. All right, so there's a top three. It's either uh Blanchero, uh Smith Jr. and Chad Holmgren. I personally I could not draft Chad Holmgren. He's seven feet tall and 195 pounds. If you thought Yao Ming was too skinny, this guy is too <laughs> fucking skinny. I I can't. This isn't. I know, of course, this isn't my decision. So before, so, but he's the one guy where I just, I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. So, I would, if I had a choice, I would either 
drive Manchero or Smith Jr. But if I'm the Rockets, I just take the it's a three player draft. I just I'm in the third position. I just take the third person and see what happens. Because the answer to your question, what do the Rockets need? Everything. Like the only person that I think is safe in their position right now is Jalen Green. Okay. Like I, I would like Sen Sengun, uh, Porter Jr. Like him too, but it's you as a team. The Rockets are too bad right now to say, "Oh, this guy right here is going to be our point guard for the next 10, 15 years." It's like if you can upgrade anywhere, you do it. Right. Nobody at this point is untouchable. Exactly. Except maybe Green. Uh, green. Green's the only person is untouchable. If you can package, say, Wood and Tate. For draft picks or a young player, you do it. Like anybody on this team can be traded. It's like my not to talk about fancy, but like my old fancy team where I'll tell you everyone is tradable except for Mike Trout. Right. Yeah. You have your one, you have your guy. Jalen Green's a guy that hopefully will bring this team back into the playoffs. If he's a guy that you think that he is, you build around him, and that means that he is the only safe play. Everyone else is expendable. And I know it's bad to talk about people like that, like they're just numbers, you know, they are human beings, but you want to win, you're going to have to build around that guy and not get too sentimental about everyone else. Right, right. So I think how the draft is going to go. I think Smith, uh, Jabari Smith is going once, one, Holmgren going two, and then the Rockets will take uh, uh, Paolo Melanchero. Hmm. It's, it's pretty exciting to see this. Like, it's frustrating to see this team be a bad team, but it's also kind of exciting to think that you know if they keep if they draft well maybe you know something will it's yeah. interesting to see it like a, a team built from the ground up yeah. and so like i said i'm on the ringer right now i'm looking at kevin o'connell's mock draft and he has Holmgren going one to the magic uh jabari smith jr going two to the thunder and um blanchero going to the rockets at three mm-hmm. and they also have a draft pick at 17 as well because they have um, Brooklyn's draft pick for the next, like, five years, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what I got to say. Anything else NBA? No, that's – I think that's going to do it for the season. Unless we talk about, you know, game seven or something, if there's a game seven. Yeah. If, I'm not even sure. Do you know what the schedule looks like as far as the rest of the finals? Because we might come back, you know, when I come back to Houston, it might be over. All right. Uh, let's see. Game three is Wednesday. Game four is scheduled for Friday. Game five would be next Monday. And then right. game, yeah, game six, if necessary, would be next. Th- Good lord, next Thursday. Yeah, I don't know anything. <laughs> I got man, that's a lot of time in between games. Yeah, five and six. And then game seven would be Sunday night, the nineteenth, if necessary. Yeah, this schedule is <laughs> yeah interesting, to say the least. But yeah, finals, mate. By the time I come back in and we're ready to podcast like on that Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever, the finals may be over. Over. I hope not, but it's but it's possible. Oh yeah. All right, let's get to our main event for tonight's podcast. We're here to talk about hell in a cell. Man, oh man. Uh, 
let's talk about what you like, what you didn't like, and we'll grade it. So let's start off positive. What did you like about the show? Uh, the women's title match. It was, I thought they all worked really well together. Um, they all looked pretty strong throughout the whole match. You know, it wasn't, uh, and it was, it was, it was an exciting match to start the night. To me, that was probably the match of the night mm-hmm. as far as wrestling is involved. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was my fun. The main event was probably the best performance of the night. Sure. But yeah, uh, Bianca Belair defending her Raw Women's Championship, coming away uh, with the pin on Oscar, right? She pinned Oscar, right? After Becky Lynch hit Oscar with the manhandle slam, a.k.a. the stolen, the Irish rock bottom. Um, (laughs) is it not a rock bottom or uh, at the very least a bookend i'll give you a bookend all right go go bookend because she does land on her knees when she finishes so it's bookend okay the irish Mm -hmm. bookend um yeah she uh, becky lynch hits the book the (laughs) i might actually call it that she calls she hits the uh manhandle slam on oscar bianca belair tosses becky lynch out pins oscar for the one two three walks away champ Mm-hmm. Um, that was a hard hitting affair from the beginning. A lot of twists and turns. There were actually points where I thought there was a, a chance, a, you know, a minute chance that Bianca Belair may uh, lose her title. But uh, right. I honestly think after what happened last year at SummerSlam, she's going to have a nice long run, at least for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, there's there's really no rush to to take the title off. There shouldn't be any rush. She might be champ all the way to WrestleMania next year. Uh, switch you. Um, but that was the best wrestling match of um, Sunday night. I also want to just say this. The entire uh, card overall was great. And it goes back to what we said last time. It really just seems like they're going to every pay-per-view, I'm sorry, premium live event the small ones, they're just going to put six to seven matches on and all of them are just going to be fire. Mm-hmm. And if you don't make it this time, you'll make it on next time. We saw that with Bianca Belair. She wasn't on uh, the card for WrestleMania Backlash, but here she is defending her championship and winning in the best match of the night. Yeah. And, and another thing, I mean, it's, it's really unfortunate with the main event, if you think about it, because they proved that you don't necessarily need Roman Reigns every show, every, mm-hmm. you know, premium live event. But maybe they're going to have to go back to it, you know, because I mean, if you want to talk about the main event later, we can, we can do that. But No, I'm just doing everything you like. So if you want to skip to that right now, we can. Yeah, I mean, you know. How can you not <laughs> like it, it's how could you not like that main event? Yeah, cause I know we were talking about it. I don't remember we did on the podcast or before, but you had broke the news that he had had, had hurt his pectoral muscle. And then, oh, I remember right after we got off the podcast, WWE tweeted out that um, he had completely tore, tore it off the bone. Yeah. And uh, we were predicting it, and I, I know I said something like, he's probably going to have like a five-minute match with Rollins and get over with real quick. Nope. Went in there, wrestled for 24 minutes with basically one arm. Man. And it is as a gruesome sight. Yeah. He takes off that jacket. Because the entire crowd just goes hushed the minute that jacket falls off because when he's wearing the jacket, you can see like part of the bruise on his upper chest, but when he takes it off and you see that entire bruise completely on his right hand side, it's his on um, underneath his, uh, his chest on his arm. And the crowd went from, we're so happy to see this match to, Oh my God, he should not be doing this as, right. as soon as that jacket <laughs> fell. 
It's a very interesting. Um, oh man, uh, it's a very interesting thing that they said about it. You know that. You know the the thought was, or at least from the doctors or whatever, that well, it's already torn, it's completely torn, so he can't damage it any more <laughs> than it, it than it already is. So what the hell? Go ahead and wrestle a, a 25 minute match. Take this tour at all. Steel take, cage match. No. Take all these Percocets. Take this Molly. Take whatever you can to get out there and find a damn hell in the cell match. And uh, props to Seth Rollins. He really carried, helped Seth. And I'm not going to say he carried Cody through the match because obviously Cody was able to um, do what he needed to do to make an entertaining match. But he was definitely like the driving force during that match. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, because when something like that happens, which is very rare, you know, to, for it to for a match to start with an injury, mm-hmm. you know, you have to change your entire thought process. And you know, it's not just one guy it's, or one performer; it's both performers. You know, how are we going to work around this? And yeah, what spots can we do? What do we have to get rid of? Things like that. Right. And, and that kind of puts you at a disadvantage if you have too much time to think about it. Because we've seen matches where guys get hurt during the match and, you know, they call the audible and, and you know, it still works. You know, it's kind of a, your instincts kick in. Yeah, because the one I always think about is the the Raw where Triple H tore his quadricep, yeah, and kept on wrestle kept on wrestler because wrestling wrestlers are friggin' insane. <laughs> right. All they care about is finishing the match, putting on a classic, and <laughs> the hell with their bodies. And I, <laughs> Cody has so many drugs in his system; he's not even gonna remember this match ten years from now. The show must go on. It's, yeah. it's- for better or worse, you know, uh, when we've we've talked about that, you know, that that phrase, you know, and we've seen it in action, you know, for some terrible things. But yeah. man, when when you're able to put on a performance like that, I mean, it really you're, you're right. I mean, it really does show that these guys and girls are just damn near inhuman (laughs) with just their ability to uh to make sure the show goes on yeah can't we cody rogues out there with a torn peck if i tweak my peck muscle i'm calling in to work tomorrow yeah we're not doing this podcast no i'm saying uh you know what i hurt myself train uh i'm not gonna be able to sit in front of my computer and talk to you for an hour so bad news. I can't. I can't um, raise my arm up far far enough to type on the computer. So we have to end this. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like I said, you said um, the show must go on. That is like etched in every every wrestler's soul. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, no matter how hurt you are, no matter how you're feeling, you have to go out there and perform for the people. And it's admirable. I wish sometimes they wouldn't do it because I want these people to be able to walk with their grandchildren. Right. But it's Admiral all the same. Yeah. Um, other thing I liked, um, I think I, I may have to apologize to Mad Cat Moss. Is that right? Yeah. Because he's put together matches that I've enjoyed. And this no holds bar match, the only SmackDown match on the uh, premium live event. That's it was, right. It was enjoyable as hell. Like I'm going through this card now. I can't find a match that I didn't like, which is crazy to think about. <laughs> like usually, <laughs> like there's one you know popcorn maps that you don't care about, but every match on here I, I was it had my interest through the entire three hours, which is. There's all, a, there was a story to tell behind all of them. Yeah, which is all you can ask for nowadays. Like the story, the, like the storylines getting to these pay per views, this one and WrestleMania Backlash have been kind of weak. But 
the matches have been great in both pay-per-views and the Ooh. stories that they tell within the matches have also been fantastic. I've yeah. been I've been thoroughly sports entertained since <laughs> day one. I don't think I don't think they've had a pay-per-view where I I hated it. Like not that I can remember. God, I've been trying to like what came after day one? Is it Vaseline? You know what? Let me look it up because I do not remember off the top of my head. WWE pay per views. I believe it's Fastlane. Because then, uh... oh, it was Royal Rumble. Okay, that was the one. The Royal Rumble was disappointing just because of the way it was it was booked. So that was the one. Yeah, who won the man? I don't even, I don't even remember who won the Royal Rumble. Lesnar, that's right. Lesnar and um, Ronda uh, Ronda Rousey. That's right. Yeah, that was the one that was. That's the only disappointing pay per view that they've had this year. All the I don't even count the NXT ones. They always come through. Did you watch the one this weekend? Yep. I didn't catch it, but. I remember you said one of your new favorite guys is Tony D'Angelo. Is that correct? Tony D'Angelo, Carmelo Hayes, and of course Braun Breaker. As far as the men's side, um, the on the women's the women's side, they have too many women. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if whatever kind of wrestling you you like, you can find a wrestler that lives up to that that works your perform your preferred form in NXT 2.0. Mm-hmm. How was the Tony D'Angelo match? It was a six-man tag, right? Yes, it was. It was good. It was. I was again. <laughs> I was thor- thoroughly sports entertained mm-hmm. this wrestling weekend. What are your thoughts on the the Braun Breaker feud? This current one with this Joe Gacy. It was lackluster because I don't. Okay, so I know in NXT 2.0 what they they're doing a lot of th- a lot of trial and error as far as character development, and mm-hmm. like I enjoyed uh, uh, Gacy's old act where he was like the fake white al- ally. Right. I thought that had legs, and I thought it could work. But people pointed out, like, do you trust WWE to to do this right because it's the kind of thing that seems like it needs to be handled with a scalpel and they're prone to take sledgehammers to stuff. So, so I understand the gimmick in a way. Yeah. I I understand why it was Nick's and this new thing where he's like a cult and um, the quasi Bray Wyatt cult leader thing. It just doesn't hit for me. Yeah. I've, it just hasn't seemed very interesting. It's like, one, I haven't really seen the guy wrestle. So it's like, can he go? That's a, that's a big you know, aspect of getting that kind of character over. It's like, can your, you know, does your skill set, does it make, make a person want to follow you? Like mm-hmm. what you do in the ring? Like, does it really make people want to follow you in a cult-like manner? And I, I don't know. I've, I've actually have not seen the guy perform. And I think that, as far as like people following you, that has more to do with like your personality, your promo, and stuff like and such. And I just don't feel like this fits him that well. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, I'm kind of like I, I'm I'm out. I'm off of it. I'm not really that interested. In it. Um, I'm sure they can make it work. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> It just have me, and now I'm just wondering who Breaker's next opponent is going to be for the NXT Championship. Early thoughts, as or, or you know, who would you like to see? You know, what? let me go look at the NXT roster. I'm not trying to think. So. The heck. Help me, sweet Wikipedia. Help me. NXT male wrestlers. 
All right. Going through this list. Okay. You know who'd be good against him? Nah, I'm thinking about I should have thought of this again. Grayson Waller. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. He's they, a very annoying guy. Yeah, and ever since he um, interrupted um, not Roderick Strong, what's his name? He had those matches with Champa. Why can't I remember his name now? Oh, uh, Johnny Gargano? Yeah, Gargano. Ever since he interrupted um, Johnny Gargano's going away party, they he, they made him like a super villain, and I think he'd be great as just the evil bastard to go up against Ron Breaker. <laughs> as long as it's not Von Wagner. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. They got to repackage that guy. Can he even wrestle? He, he looks like he's too big. He should. I don't know. He's he's so boring. He distracts my eyes. Mm-hmm. He's like an eclipse. Like he blocks everything else that goes on in NXT when he's on the screen. and i think that's it but that's who i probably go with right now i mean they could have a nice little run with um with grace waller if they i don't know if they want to move uh sokoa up to the nxt championship level or they want him to still be in Involved with the North American title, mm-hmm. wow, there are a bunch of guys here that they got to be looking at bringing up just because of all the injuries that have hit the main roster. Right, and not only that, I mean, you you kind of have to look. You also kind of have to figure like who who's going to be your next big heel. Because Braun Breaker could definitely be your next big baby face. Mm-hmm. Like he's got all the tools, he's got the pedigree, everything you could ask for in a, you know, a larger than life, you know, good guy. But who down at NXT is, you know, going to be the next, you know, bastard that that really is going to, you know, that really knows how to to Garner Heat. As uh, far as heel work, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams can do that. But I worry that they're going to get those um, those cheers. People just love them being so bad. Right. So Carmelo Hayes is, is a heel? Yes. I did not know that. Yeah, Hayes and Trick Williams because they – I know you don't know that because I, I speak so lovingly of both of them. Right. <laughs> you make it seem like they're the ultimate baby faces. No, they're a heel, and, but they're Carmel Hayes is an excellent wrestler. He is mm. he is like the reincarnation of uh, the Heartbreak Kid. And I know that's high praise, but God damn it, that's what Sean Michael says about him, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe him. Yeah, who better to yeah. It uh, it might be Grayson Waller. Mm-hmm. That's a a dick foreigner. You can always push that to the moon. <laughs> right. Man, he's thirty two. Is he? Yeah. You better act fast then. It's always a fun game to see guess the age of certain wrestlers and then actually see how old they are. Mm-hmm. Because you asked me how old Grayson Waller was, I'd be I would think he's still in his twenties, but yeah. But uh back to uh the main roster. Uh did we talk about everything you liked about Hell in the Cell? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Was there anything it's, it's solid solid from start to finish? There's I, I really can't think of anything. Um, also, I like uh, Bobby Lashley's um, backstage um, um, in 
um, not interference, but his backstage uh, meeting with Cedric Alexander. I hope this means they're actually going to push Alexander because he would be perfect. If they moved him to SmackDown mm-hmm. and had him like brawling for the Intercontinental Championship or just something like that guy is so talented in the ring and on the mic to just be, you know, the background noise and someone else's feud is beneath him. Right. So I'm glad he got the inter- interaction w- with uh, MVP and almost in the ring and having it uh, backstage with Bobby Lashley. I just want to mm-hmm. talk about that. Um, anything you didn't like? I really can't think, man. Uh, it was solid from, you know, all the way through. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like was, I guess, like, Kevin Owens and Ezekiel, like, yeah, Kevin Owens wins, but the entire point of the fight was for you to prove that Ezekiel is Elias, and you really didn't (laughs) do that. You just beat him in the match. Yeah, even if you win, that's all it is. It's just a a win in the record books. Um, The Judgment Day. I like them. I like all of them together. I like AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Dylan Morgan together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to see uh, who their fourth person is because apparently they're going to add a fourth person tonight. Uh, tonight. Ooh, nice. But yeah, I'm just, um, God, I think that's the Kevin Owens reaction after winning. Like, if he had won that and then like got on like got on top of Ezekiel and just like beat him screaming, you're Elias, you're Elias, trying to get him to admit it until like the the suits in the back came and pulled him <laughs> off. Like I think that would go a whole lot farther. Um but that's it. Everything else I like. So uh you want to grade this? How should we do grading the pay-per-views? One through ten one star a, through five, A through F. No, someone's already got the star rating. Yeah, this is 12 stars. It, <laughs> it means nothing now. No, it, I would give it, it a B been, plus. It would have been 15 stars if it had been the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> right. I'd give it an A minus. A minus? Yeah. Yeah, I think A minus is good. Um, Every match was entertaining. Um, and really, it be, like uh, WrestleMania Backlash, it beat the expectations. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Especially a show with no Roman Reigns. Yeah. Oh, so a question. When we're talking about superstars. Now that Cody Rhodes is out, and, and you know, uh, it's, I think Case IC says he's supposed to have surgery this week and he'll be out three to four months unless he finds whatever um, John Cena was taking. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. What do you think? Who do you think should be elevated to that main uh, face? On Raw? Yeah, on Raw. Oh, Wait, who's, who's the main guy on SmackDown? It's got to be Drew. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, who's going to be the main face on raw and i'm when i say that i mean male because i think the biggest baby face raw has right now is bianca belair mm-hmm. well i mean there's there's a, an argument that could be made for riddle i mean he's kind of going it alone technically mm-hmm. at least on raw now that you know randy is you know injured or whatever you want to call it you know whatever they're calling it and he's got plenty of you know support from the crowd uh, he's in the middle of a good, you know, a big storyline with, you know, the top guy, the top heel in the company. Um, you could make that case for him. Because everybody else is dealing with factions, you know, the Judgment Day and, you know, the club, you know, whatever, whatever club you want to call it. You know, they're all mixed up in, in these multi-person matches. Um, but Riddle looks like he's Riddle's kind of got that Dallas Page thing going where he's like literally fighting the entire NWO by himself, you know, 
Like right now, he's literally taking on the bloodline by himself, essentially. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring out as the only slide against him. It looks like they're putting him and Nakamura together to right. go up for the Usos Tag Team Championships and not be the guy who takes on Roman one-on-one. Yeah, but in a time where you you, ha- you kind of need to call the audible, this would be the best time to do it because they really hadn't got the ball rolling on that that new team. I mean, you know, not as – they would really gotten as deep as you know they were probably planning. They're planning on going, and you can pull the plug on that quickly, and you still have a built-in storyline, you know, against the top guy. Yeah. All right, I have a selection, and it became pretty obvious to me after he won his match on Sunday, and it. After he won, he got out, celebrated with the crowd, grabbed a fan's WWE championship, and paraded around the outside of the ring with it. And that would be the one, the only, the almighty Bobby Lashley. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> As if, if they're done with that story, then yeah. Yeah, I don't think people remember... Uh, I think it was a couple. It's a couple years ago, of course. But Bobby Lashley had a match against Roman Reigns on like I want to say Backlash or um, ro- <laughs> Roadblock or whatever. One of those B pay per views, <laughs> and it was like a super entertaining match. Like those guys went back and forth and beat the hell out of each other. Mm-hmm. I think I think Lashley versus ro- Roman Reigns is like a pay per view you can do at like. M- like damn SummerSlam if you really want to. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a SummerSlam caliber match. Got I don't it. think anybody can argue that. You go back and listen to how that crowd reacted when Bobby Lashley made MVP tap. They yeah. were full on cheering baby face love you mode. <laughs> like, I, like, I didn't Never thought that Bobby Lash should get a reaction like that being a face, but people have like completely bought into him. Yeah. And I think I don't know if he's a guy to like take the title or titles from Roman Reigns because we're not a hundred percent percent sure how they're doing this undisputed universal WWE championship. Like is it one is it all together, but you still got two belts? We don't know. I Correct. I don't think that they know. But I think like if they decide to split the belts back up, Bobby Lashley is definitely a contender to take that WWE championship away from Roman Reigns. Yeah. I mean they're they'd almost kind of be forced to if, if all these injuries keep mounting. Unless they learn, they look around and just say, you know what? We're not doing anything with the tag team right now on Raw. Montez Ford, time to heat you up, buddy. Put you on that crock pot and we can heat you up. Win a number one contenders <laughs> match against Roman Reigns. Go up against him and say, like, uh, what's coming up? Money in the bank? Well, now that Cody's out, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely going to miss money in the bank. Before they changed venues... Yeah, he was the he was leading the charge with the promotion. Mm-hmm. He was the face of the of promoting the show. It's going to be very interesting to see who uh, who are the participants in that match. Yeah, I think uh, Montez Ford has to be in that match, even if he doesn't win it, just for the visual of him doing the frog splash off of a ladder onto right. someone on a table. I mean, that's the that's the shit that you put in packages for the next 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I, I'm still saying Bobby Lashley. I think they get, we get a Bobby Lashley um, Roman Reigns match before the end of the year. But Montez Ford is always there ready mm-hmm. for it. 
And uh, every time I talk about Montez Ford, I got to talk about Angelo Dawkins because he beat the Marty um, Gennetti accusations. <laughs> right. No, <laughs> he may be better than me, but I ain't no bum. <laughs> You're not kicking me through a yeah. barbershop window. Y'all going to remember me, all right? Yeah, I may never win the big one, but I can get a U.S. championship run. I get an intercontinental <laughs> run. As <laughs> little dog is every match, he comes out there, and his energy is, I ain't no bitch every time. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, having someone like, like Ford hold on to the – win the briefcase and hold on to the briefcase. Mm -hmm. Like then even though you kind of need to, you don't have to rush him because he can hold on to the the briefcases, you know, for an entire year. Mm -hmm. And that gives you extra time to, to really start to continue building it. Yeah. Build into a threat, and honestly, I just want the, the visual of Montez Ford and Bianca Belair both being world champions. Yeah, oh, yeah, closing out WrestleMania that would be pretty incredible. Yeah. All right, man, anything else wrestling related? I think that's it. We'll see what this week holds for. For us fans in the wrestling world, see if there's any uh, who the fourth member is tonight on Raw uh, of the Judgment Day. See if there's any, um, you know, see how it goes for Cody, you know, with his surgery and, you know, updated timetables for, you know, his recovery. See what happens if there's any more developments with. Sasha and Naomi and MJ, MJF and all these people that are, you know, walking out, you know, and stirring the pot, as it were. Yeah. Walking out or getting injured. CM Punk, what's, you know, how long is he out? And uh, what happens with this battle royal coming up in AEW? I, I don't want to talk about that. Oof, that still annoys me. The rules on that. But it's a very interesting time. It's going to be an interesting June, I think. Mm. I think June is, you know, by the end of the month, they should be kickstarting the road to SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hell, the road to, to Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, the what's the Cardiff match called? Clash at the Castle? Yes. And then they have a Saudi show coming up as well. Yep. And Survivor Series. And something in December. Yeah. Yeah, but I think as long as they keep doing what they're doing with the smaller shows and just make it six, seven matches and all of them are, you know, balls to the wall enjoyment, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Here's hoping and praying. <laughs> uh, anything else, my friend? That's all I've got. All right. I just want to say one thing before we leave, a little behind the scenes look. So we're recording on Zoom, and the only thing I can see, and this has been that way this way for the past two podcasts, is the top of Anthony's head. <laughs> Would you like to tell people why? <laughs> well, I've, I'm currently uh, have a kitten sleeping next to me, and I can't really move. He's he's lodged right into my hip. <laughs> so he's on your hip this podcast. Last podcast, he was on top of you. No, no, he was on the other hip. Oh, he was on the other. Oh, he's moved from hip to hip. Yeah, yeah. He's a switch hitter. Switch hipper. The kitty got a name yet? Luther. Luther? Right. All right. Yeah. Strong name. Proud day. I almost forgot for some reason. <laughs> Big Luther about to come through, run the block. Man, he's a little guy. I'll tell you that much. Little guy. Uh, if he's like any cat that I've ever, I've ever known, it don't matter what size he is. They all got attitude. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know if you can see my hands, but my hands are all chewed up. <laughs> I can't zoom out, but yeah. Oh, he's been biting the hell out of you. Yeah. Uh, that's what you get from battle us. scars. That's what you get from us on this podcast. We talk begin talking about gas and end with wholesome cats. <laughs> it comes full circle. Yeah, full circle. With the wholesomeness. <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna get out of here uh thank you for sharing liking subscribing download all that stuff and um we shall be back sometime next week after i get back from houston um yeah it should be fun hopefully it's still basketball i, I, I we'll I, see yeah <laughs> it's a long off season man. um that's it for anthony i'm the quincy later